back there. Uh, can we uh, can we just pray together and uh, you join your heart with my heart before we get into the word today? Uh, Lord Jesus, we just uh, we just thank you for the morning, uh, God. Thank you for the worship, uh, Lord. I, I thank you for our worship team and what they mean to us here at Cross Life and just how they can uh, bring honor and glory to you uh, each and every Sunday morning. Uh, Lord, thank you for a team of people right here that. Uh, have surrounded my family in love uh, this week. Uh, God, thank you for family. Uh, Lord, thank you for my church family. Uh, God, thank you for my uh, my family that, that I can call on uh, in times of, of need. Uh, Lord, I pray right now that you would uh, calm every nerve that I have. Uh, Lord, that you would use me. Uh, God, I, I'm available to you. God, I, I believe you've given me a word to share today. And, uh, Lord, I, I just pray that you would uh, calm all anxiety, all fear, all, all worries uh, in my heart and in my mind. Uh, Lord, that, that I could um, clearly articulate what you would have me to say to our congregation today. Uh, Lord, I pray for lives to be changed. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, we would turn from uh, sin, turn from those ways that, um, that each and every day, that, uh, God, that we get strapped in uh, from, from your enemy and, uh, Lord, I, I pray that we would put Satan to the side this morning. Uh, God, that we would just allow your spirit to move slowly, uh, freely, uh, right here this morning. Uh, Lord, right now, as we open to Galatians 4, uh, Lord, and we look at this letter that, that Paul wrote, I pray that we can apply it to our life. Uh, God, that each and every day that we live, we, tr- we strive and try our best to be more and more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I did want to make one mention, one, one announcement that I forgot about. Um, we're going to be at the uh, funeral home this coming Saturday as well um, for the trunk or treat there. If you are interested in serving at that, um, please uh, let us know. Uh, we're just going to be passing out candy, passing out information. Last year, um, gosh, I don't know, there's probably a, it was like a thousand people or more that came through there. And uh, we had so many visitors come to our church because of that. And so I believe Dwayne and Ashley's family started coming because we met them there. And so that, that's, that's an amazing opportunity this Saturday. So if you're interested in serving, please see us. Uh, we'll be getting candy and all that to pass out this week, okay? All right, Galatians chapter 4, uh, looking at verses 1 through 7 today. Last week, um, our message um, centered around this thought, at least I hope it did. If, if God is a, a promise maker... Um, then he must be a promise keeper. Do you remember that? I, I've been um, thanking God all week because uh, I didn't know what was going on in my mind. I, I mean, I told y'all during the family meeting that my meds were working good and all that, and then come Monday, like, I derailed, um, and, and, and things just started happening, and, and, you know, that's how quick life can change in an instant. Um, but, but last Sunday, like, can we just give God a hand? Uh, he, he did uh, such an amazing job. Uh, just using us as his vessel, um, seeing lives change, that's what it's about. Next Sunday, we're going to fill that baptistry up, and uh, I'm excited about that as we get uh, Wendy and Tommy up in there, and uh, maybe, maybe this morning uh, we'll find out that there'll be a few more uh, that'll, that'll take that step as well. But my prayer has been that we would uh, fervently keep praying. Uh, and, and just fervently fan that flame that God wants to send uh, the last quarter of this year. We're continuing in the series. Um, we've been talking about embracing the gospel message, uh, embracing the gospel message. And so we're going to look at verses 1 through 7 today uh, with the title being Family of Promise. 
Uh, last week, we looked at how uh, we are a people of promise. So today, we kind of shift gears again. Like, we're going to keep seeing Paul this continuing to shift gears uh, from here on out. Uh, in Galatians 4, chapter 4 through chapter 6. Uh, that's what we're going to see the rest of this book. And so this is kind of part two of last week. We didn't have time to get through all that. But not only... Are we a generic people of promise? But God actually calls us into uh, what we would call a, fi- a family dynamic with God. In last week's message, we talked about our belief in Jesus and, and our, our faith in His finished work of the cross, His death, His burial, and His resurrection. We also saw uh, that the Bible says we are a people of promise. All of the promises that God made to Abraham are promises that God also has made for us. And so let's cling on to the promises of God today and let's understand that no matter what we deal with in life, we can cling on to the promise that Christ will return. So we don't live by rules. We don't live by laws and and trying to get um, God's attention here and getting God to to do things for us. Instead, we are his people. Uh, We are his and he is ours. Uh, He is attentive to us. Listen, he'll listen to us. He'll listen to us gripe. He'll listen to us complain. Uh, Every promise He has made for us, we can't believe. Um, We can believe those promises this morning. We can can receive those promises. We can stand on those promises. Uh, There's an old hymn, Mike, uh, standing on the promises. Uh, I don't know if you uh, have, have remember that song, church, but standing on the promises. And we can pray through those promises. The Bible is all about those things that can just be said and about us, and to us, and I'm just trying to challenge you and and me this morning over and over and over again that we must stand on the Word of God, we must stand on the promises of God, and just allow those things to ring true in your daily life. The Bible is all about those things that can be said for us, and about us, and, and to us, I just want us to understand, and I don't know about you, but over uh, the last few weeks, with the things going around in the world today, um, I've just had a stir in my heart to pray more. Um, Listen, I've I've prayed more for Israel over the last three weeks than I probably have my whole entire life. Um, And I've just had this yearning to see a, a community, to see churches come together. Usually, I, I'm a, a pretty consistent person when it comes to the Bible reading and praying. And unfortunately, sometimes when you're consistent, it can be a bad thing. Uh, sometimes when you get consistent, you become complacent. Sometimes when you become complacent, you get repetitious. Uh, how many of us, uh, when we study the Bible, will go to the passage that we already know? Uh, I, you know, my whole entire ministry, I feel like I've studied Jesus' ministry. You know, that's what's comfortable to me. I love going to the Gospels. I love reading the Gospels. But did you know there are 62 other books of the Bible other than just those Gospels? Uh, when we open the Bible, we, we just want to flip it open and we say, Hey, God, show me something instead of just studying. Listen, I don't know what your Bible says, but... I've got about 1,300 pages in mind that I can read and I can gain an understanding on every single page of it. 
You know, and so as we look at the Bible and as we understand the Bible and we we pray through the Scripture and we start praying the Word of God and praying God to give us peace and God to give us hope, we don't pray to beg God to be God. We pray to align our hearts and our minds to allow us to know who God is and what God is already doing and everything that God is saying. That is why we pray the promises and the Scriptures of God. So I want you to understand that as we move move through this passage, that we're not just a people of promise this morning, but instead we are this tighter knit group when it comes to living out this thing that we call the Christian life. And it's mainly because we are a family, therefore uh, we can see a family of promise. I want you to understand as family members, you and I have full rights, Okay, we, we enter in the throne room, the Bible says. We can come to God with this boldness and this uh, huge confidence that He hears us, that He is listening to our prayers, that He is attentive, that He's going he's gonna to listen every step of the way. It's almost like you're going to a family event uh, for this holiday. Have you ever gone to a family, thank you, have you ever gone to a family event at the holiday and you bring a buddy along? Uh, maybe it's the first time that you go to a holiday event and you've got a girlfriend or boyfriend uh, coming with you. Is that not awkward? Maybe it's just me. Uh, you know, it, it, for me, it's like I, I remember going to, I was, I was dating a girl in high school. Thank God Tiff's not here. We're not talking about another girl. Uh, but I went to, I went to her, her house for Thanksgiving uh, lunch. Man, it was just awkward. Like I couldn't, I couldn't open the refrigerator and get what I wanted out. I couldn't, I couldn't go to the drawer and get a fork if I needed a fork. You know, I didn't have rights, and, and, and that's how we are. You know, we we feel like sometimes we we don't have rights with God, but with God we have everything. We have access to Him. You know, we're we're not sure if we go into somebody's house if we're supposed to take our shoes off or not. Uh, we're not sure if we're sitting around uh, the, the, the living room area that, that we can prop our feet up on the, on the coffee table or not. But with God, like we can, we can lounge and we can relax and we can go to Him. We have access to Him. You've got access to anything you want. But think about your house. When you go into your house, can you do anything you want to do? Yes, it's your house. If you want to bring mud into your house, you can bring mud into your house. Amen? Be careful. Uh, it, it, if you want to, if you want to leave clothes in the dryer for two or three days, hey, you can do that. Uh, you have access because it's your house. You make those rules, right? But it's the same thing when we when we go to God and how we approach God. It's it's, it's the same confidence. As you're walking into your house, even your family member's house, even your mom's house, your dad's house, like, it's the same thing. Hebrews says to let us approach the throne room boldly with this confidence. And I'm just here uh, to share with you, uh, if you hear nothing else that I say today, you are sons and daughters of God. 
He doesn't have bond servants. He doesn't have slaves. He doesn't have outsiders. He doesn't have affiliates. Uh, you're not looked at as like the, the, the stepchild or anything. He's, he's actually moving us into the Galatians text saying that we are sons and daughters of God. With sonship and daughtership comes rights and privileges. If you are a child of God, then you can come to God. And you can come to him as your father. You can petition him as to what matters. Jesus actually taught us that in Matthew chapter 6 with the Lord's Prayer. He started this prayer. He taught the very beginning of his prayer with this family dynamic when he said, Our Father in heaven. He doesn't say some big-haired gray guy uh, in heaven or mean-spirited God who, who doesn't know me. Uh, but, but some of us, we, we struggle with this because we do have wounds. We have wounds in our life. We have wounds from earthly fathers that, that there was a lack of. But, but I'm here to share with you this morning, I believe that God wants to heal us and heal you from all of that. He's asking the church to pray to Him and that He belongs to us and that we belong to Him. Jesus teaches us to pray right here in Matthew 6, 9 and 10. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we belong to God. He is our Father. How many of us know and understand that? You know, when, when we have a healthy understanding of what it means to have a heavenly Father, it changes the whole way that we approach Him, that we trust Him, and even the way we talk to Him. So we're going to... We're supposed to be in Galatians 4 today. We haven't got there yet, so we're in trouble. Um... We need to get there, so let me let me stop rambling and let, let's get into this. Galatians 4, 1 through 7, just seven verses. Uh, the first thing I want us to look at this morning is we were in bondage because of our sin. We were in bondage because of our sin. Now, now you've got to remember what Paul said at the end of chapter 3. We are looking at how uh, we are stuck in this concept of law trying to earn our way to God, even in some cases trying to even prove our worth to God. Like slaves and servants ask for privilege, but, but we know that sons have all the privilege. So he's making this transition. So we're moving from slaves to sons. So let's backtrack for a moment to chapter 3, verse 29, and then I'm going to go to verse 1 here in a moment. He says this, And if you are Christ then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. He's saying God made you a son. Now God made you a daughter. It, it is nothing that you did. It is a promise that God made. And because of that promise, you and I are now sons and daughters of God. And so he moves to the very next verse in chapter 4. Let's look at verses 1 through 3. Now I say... That the hair, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. I'm going to stop there. This is a kind of a, um, a strange analogy uh, he uses right here. It took me all the way until like Thursday to even comprehend all of this. I, I was trying to read this week, and it just wasn't coming together, and just trying to make sense of what was going on in my mind, everything else. And and, and I, I would just keep asking, like, I, I was... I, I was really struggling. I was like, God, can you can you just keep it simple for me? And, and even like Paul, can can you please keep it simple? Why why does 
Why does he have to use analogy so much? Like, I get confused on those kind of things. And so, uh, after some study, he's giving this analogy of a landowner or a person with a lot of wealth who has it all to give to the heir, his son or daughter, right? And so, but, but as long as that kid is young, they, they can't manage that wealth. Uh, they can't manage that inheritance. Kind of, kind of how, it, how it works a little bit today. That, that's why we have guardianship accounts. I don't know if you've ever heard that, that term before, guardianship accounts. Like we have an account for Riley uh, set up. Uh, through a brokerage account that she cannot touch until she's 18. And the girl uses her God-given, everlasting, Holy Spirit brain that he has provided for her. Uh, She will not touch that money until she's about 25. Uh, if she would just listen to the dad that, that has brought her this far in life, that has kept her alive for six years uh, through the help of my wife, Tiffany, uh, more through Tiffany than me, uh, uh, because, because God knows there's no telling what would have happened if I would have kept her 24-7. Uh, but if she would just listen to me, that guardianship account at 18, from 18 to about 25, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot more that would be in that account. But at 18, she has full rights. At 18. Hey, that, that's kind of what's happening here in, in chapter 4, verse 1. He's saying, hey, as long as he is a child, he is no different from a slave. And then he says this, though he is master of all. And that's how he finishes verse 1. And that's what he's telling us. We, we are heirs of God. We are, we are owners of everything. He's giving the slave of God reverence. It can be um, very off if you don't understand the context. And so this morning, we're going to try to unpack that. Uh, I'm going to try my best to. Uh, but it's under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. And here's where the analogy makes sense for us. He continues. Verse 3. So verse 2, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so we, when we were children, really what, what he's saying, when, when we were um, non-believers, when we were unbelievers, when, when we were so young in our faith, we didn't understand how to appropriately come to God. We were Christians, but we tended to be uh, kind of a, on the legalistic side of Christianity by doing things on our own effort. We were acting as a slave and not as a son, not as a daughter. We were being managed by the law. And that's what he says. Look at it. Verse 3. And he continues. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. And so prior to walking in full sonship, walking in full daughtership, when we were young in the faith or or non-faith people at all, we were like slaves. We were like children who were bound by the elementary principles of the world. The power of sin is what keeps us in bondage. Bound by guardians, bound by managers. And Paul says, if we are Christ, he says we are heirs of God. And he is, he's, trying to, um, he's trying to take this reality, and he's trying to make it come back to life a little bit here. It's what he wants to do. Uh, we have privilege of family. We, we've talked about that. How many of us 
know that with, with an inheritance that it is better that when, when we have maturity in life to take over that inheritance. Like how many six-year-olds do you know that mom and dad, if something were to happen to them, are leaving them a $2 million inheritance at six years old? No, they're not going to get that money at six. It's going to be under this guardianship account. It's going to be under the estate, so to speak, until they reach age of what we would call maturity. I don't think it would be really smart uh, to have a six-year-old managing that kind of money and to have oversight over those funds. Look, they're going to be buying Power Wheels and, and Tetris and uh, Nintendo DS, and uh, they're going to be buying anything and everything but things they probably should be spending it on. Uh, here we are, you know, most people with inheritance, big, big inheritance comes in, like we're thinking, oh, I'm going to pay off the house, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay off the land that I own, and then, and then my six-year-old daughter, man, I want a Tonka truck. <laughs> No, 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 that's not how that's not how it works. Although, although we we, we may even want a Tonka truck sometimes, you know. Um, many of us, including me, we try to approach God through religion. We try to approach Him through rules, and what Paul calls it is childish and slavery. And Paul says in verse three that you are enslaved to the elements of the world. I, I love the English Standard Version. Anybody using the ESV in here this morning? Uh, a few of you uh, back here in the, in the middle there. Um, the English Standard Version says the elementary, what? Principles of the world. I love elementary principles. Like, I, I understand that. <laughs> elementary is my level. Okay? Like, like Paul in the, in the New King James Version says elemental. Well, guess what? I had to go look up elemental. If I would have read elementary, I would have understood that. You know, that's why, we, that's why I love different translations and being able to read and, and comprehend it. He's digging deep into worldliness and in an attachment to the, the system of our prevailing culture. It's an opposition to the kingdom of God. So he's saying there's really only two ways to live life here on this earth. You're either going to live life as a heir of God who has placed their faith in Jesus and one who understands the freedoms that comes with that, and the access that you have to God, you're going to live as a son or daughter. Or two, you're going to live your life as a slave. You're going to live as a slave in this prevailing culture. And so let me say this as simply as I know how. We're either a slave of Jesus or a slave to our sin. It's that simple. But he moves on and he says our slavery is a reason that God moved towards us. That brings us to number two. Our bondage moved God to change us. And we're going to look at verses 4 through 6 on this. Our bondage moved God to change us. It was a reason. It was a motivation. Our slavery has moved God to actually have a change that would come within us. Look at verse 4. But when the fullness of the time had actually come. If you, if you go back just a couple of verses, Paul says in the same way, under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. He, he, he makes that transition here. There's a time there that is, that's coming, right? But then the time is appearing in verse 4. So he talks about it, and then it's coming. When the fullness of time had come, God saw us in our bondage. He saw us in our sin, and look what he did. This is so amazing right here. God sent forth his Son. 
born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions as sons. You are not adopted as a servant. You are not adopted as a stepson. You are not adopted as a slave. We are adopted as full-on sons and daughters of God. And he goes on in verse 6, And because you are sons, God sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, and He cried out, Abba, Father. So because you are sons, because you are daughters, because you are not in bondage anymore, because you are not held hostage by your sin because of Christ, God sent the forth the Spirit of His Son in your heart, and He's crying out, Father. There's really two different family terms that we see in this. One's Father, which we know Father is authority, right? Like, Father can sometimes be the rule setter. Don't y'all be nudging your husbands. Uh, the rule setter, the disciplinary, you stand your ground. Um, if you're like me, you just lay down. Uh, Abba's a, a Hebrew, okay? Hebrew ancient term for dad. Hey, I, I've had talks with people before that have said, I have a father, and then I have somebody that treats me like a dad. Or I grew up with my dad, and he was really strong as my father. There's a difference in many of us, what we have in our minds of what a dad is and what a father is. And that's what the Apostle Paul is trying to articulate and to tell us here. Because you are sons and daughters, the Spirit of God Himself are inside of us calling out, calling us to cry out to God. Only the authority and the ruler and the principle of my life and the Father in heaven. You are close to me and near to me. You are dead. There's an intimacy that we can have with God. I'm telling you of the rhythms of life that we find ourselves in so very often that we have to find ourselves and find rest in the moments with God. Did you know today in the culture that we live in, it is just extremely hard to find rest. You know, has any has anybody's schedules look look anything like, like mine? It's just haywire Monday through Saturday, uh, Sundays through uh, just haywire. You know, it, it's it's a crazy world. It's it's always, hey, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. And the next thing you know, what it's doing is taking a, a toll on the family, it's taking a toll on the home, it's taking a toll on Bible studies, it's taking a toll on prayer life, it's taking a toll on family devotions. And what we're doing is we're 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 cramming our schedules with all of the stuff of the world, but we're saying, Hey God, I don't have time. I don't have time. Um you know, we're, we're so quick to, to cram it with, with everything but God. And God said, I'll send and I'll move to send my own self, which is my son Jesus, in order to give adoption to them as sons. So because we are in bondage of all that stuff, God says, I'm going to move and send my son Jesus in order to adopt us as his sons too. That's amazing enough right there. For me, that should be enough just to fire us up. That should be enough to lead us. In our bondage, moved God. Then he continues on. If God makes us sons and daughters, notice because of our bondage, God sends Jesus to make us his sons. Now, because he has made us his sons and daughters, God then sends the Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of us, which connects us back to our heart, 
of our dad, our father in heaven. That's so powerful to me right there. The same spirit that resided in Jesus is the spirit of God that resides in us. And you and I, I have to understand that it isn't anything that you and I have done You couldn't have earned it. You don't deserve it. It was because you were so broken. It was because I was broken. I was messed up. I was sinful. I was dirty. It was because we were held by so much bondage and so much sin that was in our lives that God looked at us and said, I'll send my son as that sacrifice to take care of all of that. He goes, my my spirit is going to live inside of them, and it is going to reside in them. It's going to have a great access, and they're going to have a great access to me as their father. But I'm going to send my son to do it. We just have to humble ourselves enough to understand that we have a 24-7 access to God today. Like, hey, God wakes you up at 2 a.m., You're full of anxiety. You're full of fear. You're full of worry. And you have access to God to go to Him in prayer. You have access to God's Word to open it up and to read it and to try to apply it and to try to understand it, to calm all of those fears and all of those anxiety because He is our help. He's our friend. He is our Father. He is our way maker. He is our healer. He is our hope. He's our shelter. He's our shield. And we need to lean into Him and be willing to jump into His presence. I don't know about you, but in days like today where where we seem to be worried about what's going on in the world today, and uh, look, just just a few years ago, like it's already been uh, three years since COVID-19 hit hit the world. Uh, Crazy to think about, like, man, the five years that that Crosslife Church has been planted has just like flown by. But to think that uh, over three years ago, Uh, we had to shut down church services because of all of the worries and all of the fear and everything that was going on in the world. Like, we didn't know. We didn't know if we were going to catch COVID in our house. Like, we hadn't been nowhere. (laughs) We had been completely shut out and and, and inside that house for weeks upon weeks. And we're like, man, if I step outside and I just breathe the fresh air, I'm going to get (laughs) COVID-19. Like, I had that thought for a little while. Like, man, I can't go sit out on my rocking chair. I can't go read my Bible outside. I can't, I can't let my dog out. Like it was that kind of thing. And it's crazy to think about with all of those troubles that go on in the world and we don't really know what tomorrow is going to hold. You know, something about knowing who our Father is, and this is the encouragement for you this morning, like if you are lost and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, <laughs> like, like he, can, he can settle you right now. He can settle all of those things. Do you know Him? You know, when we aren't sure what the the future is going to hold, just lean into Him. This is is why I keep reiterating almost every week and every month the importance of getting connected more than just on a Sunday morning experience. Lean into the family of faith, doing life with others. Yesterday was a perfect example to sitting around the tables with some men. You know, like it, it was a perfect ending to a week. Uh, where I could sit around the guys that I've done life with, some, some for five years, uh, some for just a year, some, some just for a few months. But one thing that I believe carries me through time and time again is the view that I have of God and the perspective that I have knowing that I have an all access to Him. 
that he can help me through anything, uh, that, that we can uh, think and we have to prove and we have to uh, earn it. But let me remind us, he did it all for you. And as you place your faith and hope in Jesus, we have all of those benefits. And my heart goes out to those that have been wounded in your life. You've been wounded by earthly fathers, earthly mothers. My prayer uh, this past Thursday as I was uh, just trying to recollect things this this past week and, and that God would heal those in our church that have struggled with that kind of past. You know, don't don't let that keep you from clinging on to the promises of God your Father. Lastly this morning, we're going to close up. We're going to talk about this thing called walking in sonship, but we're going to look at this point. Therefore, we walk in newness of Christ. Therefore, we walk in newness with Christ. I told you a few weeks ago, or however long ago it was, it could have been seven weeks ago. My days are running together. But Riley, at her age, she has, she has no problem knowing who her dad is. Um, she is at that age... And it, and it makes my heart so happy. She just wants to make me proud. It can be a simple homework assignment that was 8 plus 2. And she wants me to see that she did it. And she, want, she wants to put it on the refrigerator. And, and we have, we have uh, so many pictures and so many things that she has colored. And, and so many A pluses or checks or whatever on our refrigerator. Because she just wants us to see all of that. Uh, she wants me to see every book she can read. Um, I tell you, like kid, kids today learn a lot faster than what I remember learning. Like I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I learned how to read that quick. This girl, this girl's reading like uh, books this thick now. Like she's first grade. She makes me proud. Um, every picture she colors, every picture she draws. She's going to be an artist just like her her mommy. Um, she can draw better than me. Um, she asked me to draw draw a picture of a dog yesterday. We were sitting at a restaurant, and I drew a picture of a dog. She said, Daddy, that's not a dog. Um, uh, and so, uh, but she wants us to see every new thing she learns. If she comes home from, from dance or um, gymnastics or, uh, or tap or whatever, she's going she's gonna to go home, and she's going to show us what she learned. She's going to do her little twirl. And, and as it looks so simple, it's so important to her. And I know... It's not going to last forever. You know, she's going to become a teenager. And, and she's going she's gonna to go home and she's going to go upstairs and she's going to close her door and she, she's not going to come downstairs until it's supper time. And then after supper time, she's just going to go back upstairs and she's going to do her own thing. I know those days are coming, but, but I cling on to the days that I see right now. You know, she knows that I can be a disciplinarian if I need to be. And she knows that daddy's coming after her. She better guard her tail. <laughs> Um, and, and, but she also knows that daddy will go upstairs and roll on the floor all over with her. She knows that she has an all access to me. But the same works for our relationship with God. You absolutely have an all access relationship to him. He's good to you. He is good for you. He loves you so much. And look at what Paul says as we try to close uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Therefore... He says, you are no longer a slave, but you are a son. And if a son, look at this, you are an heir of God through Christ. He did it all. 
what a mighty God we serve, right? No, he, he's done it all. Can, can I just challenge you today to be a son, to be a daughter, to walk in confidence with your Father in heaven. He's with you. He loves you. He welcomes you with wide open arms into the family. He has birthed His Spirit inside of you so that you can live for Him. Listen, you don't have to earn any of it. You don't deserve any of it. He loves you just the way you are. And you are His and He is yours. Walk in it. Know your place in the family of God. Know it. How do we respond to a message like this? I want to give you three simple steps. First, I want you to spend time with your Heavenly Father every day this week. Be simple. Spend time with God just like you spend time with your dad. I don't go play baseball or cornhole with my father. I play baseball or cornhole with my dad. I don't call him my father. I call him my dad. Probably this week, my dad's either going to call me or I'm going to call him. And I'm not going to say, hey, father. I'm going to say, hey, dad, what's up? And, and, and I'm not going to. Uh, I call my father when I need prayer. Hey, I'll call him that when I need prayer. I call on my father when I need some advice. It's the man, but it's understanding the different dynamic of the relationship. And I want you to and just encourage you to spend time with your heavenly father every single day and see how it can transform your life. Spend time in his word. Spend time studying. Spend time praying. Secondly, get around God's people this week. In some way, form, or fashion, get around God's people. Call someone here in the church and just talk to them. Be a part of the Bible study that's happening on Tuesday night. Uh, be a part of a uh, youth group. Be a part of the ladies' Bible study that's happening on Thursday this week. Come out and just do life together. Uh, it, it blessed my heart yesterday, driving to Burlington, riding to Burlington. Tiffany won't let me drive right now. Uh, riding to Burlington and just... Uh, I'm going and, and, and looking at Facebook and, and seeing the pictures of the, the men's group yesterday. And then I think it was Bridget that had posted some, some pictures of, of the ladies just sitting around just doing life, just doing fellowship. Like, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. Just do it. And third, just be a blessing to somebody. Be a blessing to somebody else. One of the ways we embrace God's promises is we become God's promises. He wants to provide for them, and He wants to provide through you. He wants to bless them, and He wants to bless through you. It's that simple. So spend time with your Father every day. Spend time with God. Spend time with the family of God. Spend time with your family. Spend time with your physical family. And be a blessing to somebody else. Just that. I want to pray with you this morning as we close. Our worship team comes. I want to, I want to pray specifically that if you have never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, then you do that right now before we close this service. Your Father in Heaven wants a relationship with you. He wants you to come to Him. And so will you go to Him today? Will you respond to Him today? Will you, you come during this invitational time if you need to come? Will you get your heart right? Will you pray around this altar? Will you just ask God to move in your life? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank You for the the word this morning. God, thank you for hope. Thank you for the promise of being sons and daughters. Lord, thank you for sending your son as that ultimate sacrifice so that we could have an eternal life, an eternal impact, God, right here in this world. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us who, who claim to be believers in Jesus, that this week we would be the hands and feet of you. 
God, that we would, we would find tangible ways to make Jesus known in this community. Lord, I, I pray specifically for those in here, those that may be watching online that are struggling in their relationship with you. Lord, maybe they don't have a relationship with you. God, would you call them out today? Would you let them turn from their, from their sinful ways? Lord, we're all sinners. We're all in need of a Savior. We're all in need of grace. Lord, you just help them turn away from it and help them accept you in their heart. Lord of their life, Lord, would you move how you need to move? Would you let your will be done? In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us?